and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Thanks for joining us today. This is Kevin Folger, and today, uh, of course, we continue our conversations in this podcast that we're calling Labors in the Harvest. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we're looking forward to a good conversation. I'm delighted today to have uh, my middle son, uh, Pete Folger, with me, and uh, Brother Pete uh, is now the pastor of the Cleveland Baptist Church, a church that I pastored for 24 years. And uh, certainly not a novice in the ministry, served here on the staff for 18 years before the church called him to be our successor. So, Brother Pete, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, let's just jump into some things. I've jotted down some things I just want to have a conversation with you about. And, of course, most of our listeners will be familiar that the uh, podcast is really about the journey that God takes us on as 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 individuals in as far as ministry is concerned. And I find as I interview people that no two stories are alike, and it's it's quite interesting to hear people's stories. So let's start with your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us about your wife and your kids. Okay. Um, so I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is Sandra, and God's given us four children. Our oldest will be a junior in high school uh, this year. Um, and then our next oldest is a freshman, going into a freshman year. And then we have a sixth grader and a second grader. And uh, my story, I suppose, is a little unique. Um, God brought my wife and I together. Uh, we met one, one another in the sixth grade in elementary school. And I'm sure you well remember those days. And uh, of course, obviously at that point in time, we were we were just friends. Uh, but uh, through throughout our high school years, um, uh, the Lord uh, kind of brought us together in, in, in at certain times, and, and we developed a relationship. And it wasn't until obviously we got into our college years in which we uh, really um, you know began to pray and discern and, and see what the Lord's will was for us to be married. But uh, Sandra and I were married on August the 5th of 2000, so this year we've celebrated 20 years of marriage, and uh, it's been a wonderful thing. She's been a great help to me, and I believe she's been a great um, asset as well to our church, and I, I think my children are as well. And so I'm so thankful for the privilege to be a husband and a father. Well, she is a wonderful gal, and uh, the grandkids, of course, are great, so <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. I can, can speak from experience there. <laughs> well, uh, Sandra's story is a little different, and... Uh, so just so the listeners are familiar, that Sandra was born in Jordan. Her dad was uh, from Jordan, born in Jordan. Her mom's from Lebanon. So uh, obviously that means that she's uh, full-blooded Arabic. And uh, so has, uh, what has that cultural impact been on you and on your kids? Um, well, certainly it, 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 makes, it makes an impact. It leaves its mark. Um, you know, we, we are aware of some things. I, I think maybe one of the things is, you know, when you're a Bible preacher— so much of the um, of the Middle Eastern culture, mm. you know, uh, shines shines through, and so when you get to see that up close and firsthand, you know, as far as their their hospitality, mm-hmm. um, you know, their their honor and the way that they live their lives, and um, you know, the way they insist upon certain things, 
Um, and so, and so, some of that I think comes through. Um, you know, in in even today, uh, my wife's family have been here in the states for uh, for nearly forty years, and yet, you know, they still, you know, you spend time with them, and they still hold on to a whole lot of of that culture. At least her parents do. Obviously, the kids, by and large, grew up here, and and uh, and so they've become fairly well Americanized. It's it's interesting. Sandra's the oldest, and so uh, she speaks the language the most fluent. And then her brother was Sam, who's also here on our, our on our pastoral team. Uh, he speaks it a little bit, but not nearly as well as Sandra. And then all the way down to the youngest, who I don't know that I've ever heard him say anything in Arabic, but he does understand it. He just doesn't speak it. But uh, it certainly has made its mark on our family. We we love the Arabic culture and uh, the way the you know the Middle Eastern people think, and and uh, again, just just their hospitality has been a blessing to me. I can say that. And uh, so yeah, it's definitely made its mark on our family. So. Uh, was there something in, um, uh, or how do you think that in some respects, that element of that uh, culture had, uh, basically changed you and prepared you even for ministry? Just some of the things you said, of course, but I mean, can you think of uh, maybe something that God used in particular in that element that prepared you to have a pastor's heart or to just help you as a, as a pastor? Well, again, I mean, I think that it, it helps you understand that everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has a different a different background that they're coming from, and sometimes they do things that aren't done out of a bad place. Um, but but it's just this is our culture. This is this is this is how I was raised. This is how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly the gospel, um, you know, can 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 change us all. Um, but I, I think that that's been helpful. Um, you know, again, I, I think again just the just the realm of of hospitality. Um, you know, when, when we go over to their house, and I, I've said this on, on a number of occasions, um, that they they treat me as if as if I was their son by blood. Um, they, in fact, in fact, in, in some respects, they t- we laugh about this. They treat me better than they treat her. Mm. Um, you know, because um, that's just again, that's just their culture. Uh, they will they will take a back seat. Um, you know, to to me and. If that doesn't reveal, you know, a servant's heart, you know, I, I don't know what does. And so, uh, again, as you as you trans, you know, transition that into Christian ministry or pastoral ministry, um, you know, we're reminded of what Jesus said there in, in Mark chapter number ten that he did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister, and uh, and 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 that really is how they live out their lives. And that's you know that's taught me a great deal. That's not to say that that we as Americans don't don't possess some of those things. Um, but, but it certainly is, I think, more common, you know, there than sometimes it is here. And so again, that's, you know, that's been helpful as far as that's concerned. I, uh, my first, I think, experience to that Arabic culture was when I met Sandra's pastor, who at that point, I didn't even know Sandra, but met him. And of course, uh, his impact, uh, as far as that, that hospitality, that genuine, just Christian care and love for people is just amazing. And, uh, so it is a, it's a great, um, some, something that many of us who are fast-paced, got to get it done, we can just learn to slow down a little bit and, and just enjoy the life and the journey that God has given to us. Sure. Well, can you share with our, our listeners about your call to ministry? And uh, was there something that happened that you knew at that moment that God was calling you? So, Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've told this story often, but, but obviously I'd, I've told it here more than, than anywhere else. So again, it may be that you've obviously got several listeners that are not uh, part of our church. Uh, but of course, growing up in a in, in your home in a pastor's home, um, you know you're you're around preaching, you're around preachers quite a bit. And of course, uh, I remember at an early age. I don't remember how old I was, but you had begun the young at heart ministry, 
and uh, which for those again who are not familiar, that was a ministry um, for our senior saints here in our church. We met on Thursdays, and there was a, a preaching, you know, element to it, and, and there was a fellowship element to it. And uh, and I can remember, you know, it was in the we just called it the chapel at that point. It's now the Thompson Chapel, named after our church's founding pastor, Dr. Roy Thompson. But I can remember standing on a chair, you know, behind the podium there before everybody had come down and, and probably wanted to be behind a microphone more than anything, thinking that was pretty cool. But uh, kids do, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, trying to preach and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. And then, of course, there was a, there was a dear couple in that ministry, um, the Lawson family. And uh, I remember, um, you know, going over to their house. They lived in an apartment uh, just around the corner here from the church. And, and uh, him giving me a little Bible and standing behind a, a, a coffee table and him telling me to preach, you know, and, and, uh, and doing it. And I think it was, I, I don't know that I remember this, but I remember you guys telling me that he, he would tell you, that boy's going to be a preacher someday. Of course, I was, you know, I'm three or four years old, and, and uh, that, I, at that point, I'm not even saved, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, but growing up around that, and, and I can remember as a, as a younger boy, maybe elementary age, um, you know, going to bed at night and after a sunny night or whatever, and Roy Thompson having preached or some other evangelist and, and, uh, and preaching a, a message, you know, under the covers, you know, and just whispering it, you know, as, as if I were some type of a preacher. And, but really it wasn't until I was a junior in high school. And of course, you know, something about coming near to the end of your high school career, we really begin to focus in and think about, you know, what am I going to do with my life and how am I going to uh, provide, you know, for my family, whatever family God gives me, and, and really more importantly, you know, what is what is God's purpose for me here? And uh, and you had just become the pastor uh, at the beginning of my junior year, September of 95, and so it was going into that that next year, 1996, I remember you had challenged the church uh, in, in Bible reading, and that was a real emphasis that you had given, and, uh, you know, up until that point, you know, any, any Bible reading that I had done, but so, sort of sporadic, and so I picked up a copy of the Bible reading schedule, and and I really began on that, you know, on that first day of, of uh, 1996, you know, to really read and, and again, thinking about the fact that I've only got a year and a half left to figure out where I'm going in life. And at that point in time, I really didn't have a whole lot of direction. I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. Uh, you know, my grades, you would know this better than anyone, were, were somewhat nominal. Uh, I wasn't going to earn a, a scholarship somewhere, you know, as far as for my grades were concerned. And, uh, and, and as I began to, again, read God's word, it, it got into me. And, uh, and so I, I believe it was in March, I could probably look it up here in the church records, but I believe it was in March around that time in which you preached a message on a Sunday night. It wasn't, a, um, it wasn't anything to my, to my memory that, that spoke specifically about you know, surrendering the call, but God had been working on my heart. And I remember stepping out and, and walking the aisle, and of course, Grandpa Folger, you know, your dad, my grandpa was there, and mm. and uh, we knelt, and, and I shared with him what was going on in my heart, and of course, the verse he always shared, Luke 9, 62, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he read that to me, and, and uh, we walked back, and it might have been my mom, you know, who wrote down my name and gave it to you, and and so that, of course, was a, was a turning point, and at that point in time, you know, uh, we began to make some adjustments in the way that we were living, and uh, I say we, I'm talking about me, and, and certainly also began to think about the fact that now that I've surrendered the Lord, I, I, I can't just go to a, any type of a college. I, I need to go to a place that's going to train me to be a, a preacher of God's Word. And so as a junior in high school, that's when I surrendered to the call, and, and certainly that was a turning point, a, a day in which I'm certainly grateful that, that I lived. This is an interesting little tidbit. I uh, just recently was down in uh, Florida preaching at the Volusia County Baptist Church where Pastor Mark Sears is the pastor. Mark as a young man, spent a couple of years here at our church, uh, and uh, he uh, went through our Christian school, 
and he shared with the congregation, I was unaware of this, he said, I, I remember, um, I was, I think, ninth grade, he said, and God was dealing my heart. I walked the aisle, and so there was a great man in the church that uh, met me, took me to the altar, and took me to Luke 962, <laughs> and he said, that was your father. That's cool. And uh, I didn't realize that that had happened, but again, that same verse, it was uh, my dad's, one of my dad's favorite verses with dealing for people who came to uh he came to surrender their life to the Lord. Amen. So um, here, here's another thought in regards to, to that. Um, you know, interestingly enough, I, I was also a junior when God really got a hold of my heart. I, there was a part of me up till that point that really wasn't sure that I wanted anything to do with ministry. Was there ever a time in your life when you thought that, I'm not sure I want this? No, I, I, I don't know that I, ever, that I ever thought that. I just... Um, I mean, you remember me, obviously, at, the, at those ages. I just wanted to have fun. You know, I just wanted to have a good time, play sports, you know, hang out with my friends. And I just, you know, I had a hard time just really buckling down, you know. Of course, you <laughs> you can remember some of those days, and and uh, that showed itself and manifested itself in my grades and, and uh, I'm sure in some, you know, in some other areas. Um, but I, I was never, I, I, always, I always loved the church. I loved... Mm-hmm. You know, coming and and I, I love you know working on a bus route and I love the Smite campaign. So I don't I don't know that there was ever a time in which I, I was really anti, you know, uh, ministry. Um, but I also knew that when I surrendered, it was going to change some things. Mm-hmm. You know, and my friends you know would know that okay, he's he's going a different direction. You know, some of them would know he's going a different direction than I am. And, and it was going to affect, you know, where I was going to go to school. It was going to affect the type of person that I was going to date and, and the type of person that I was going to marry. And so now, I think that might have been in the back of my mind a little bit. But I, but I knew, you know, I think I knew at some point I was going to come to that, you know, decision. But, it, you know, it was going to require me, you know, getting more serious and, you know, buckling down just a little bit. Well, so. I just, I remember when, when I uh, surrendered as well. I, I mean, a lot of things changed in my life at that moment. I mean, it was like, okay, now I've made a decision and I'm, I'm, walking a certain way. I don't, certain doesn't mean that I was perfect or, or you were perfect, but there's something about that decision. And specifically when you're really meaning business, I mean, I think sometimes people just follow a trend. People are surrendering. So they, they say, okay, I'm going to surrender. But I mean, when you really sense God's calling you, it does make a difference in, in, in some of the decisions and choices you make. I remember, you know, my, my last year of high school, a lot of my friends who had surrendered had gone away to Bible college because they're a little bit older than me. And so there was just a, a group that was left behind here that were seniors and they were good people, but many of them had not surrendered to ministry. And so it really did make a difference. Uh, in some respects, it was a little lonely, um, you know, and I think sometimes that's just the, the way that it is when people realize, okay, they're going one direction, I'm going another. Not that they're going off the rails, but there's just something about that that decision. So if you're a teenager listening to this today and you're considering the idea that God may be calling you. Uh, what would you say to that young person today? Well, I would I would say that that it's a it's a wonderful wonderful life. Um, you know, there is a there is a sense in which you know the devil works overtime on us and he tries to convince us, you know, about certain things. But again, we're reminded of what the Bible says there, and I believe it's Psalm I think it's Psalm eighty four. The Bible says, "No good thing will he withhold." Uh, and and boy, that's so true. Um, you know that that. A life lived, you know, and serving the Lord is, you know, there are challenges and it can be a life of faith, but it's a wonderful life. And, um, and truly, you know, if that's what, if that's what God's called you to do, um, you know, I'm reminded there of Ephesians, uh, where the Bible talks in, in chapter number two, for we are his workmanship, um, you know, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, you know, that he, for, you know, that he foreordained us to accomplish. 
And, and so, again, that's, that's who we are in Christ. And so if, 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 if the Lord has called you to something, that's what he created you to do. That's what he purposed you to do. And, and so, you know, you're better off, you know, buying into it now and, and beginning to live it now than, than to look back with a lot of regret. And, uh, you know, if, honestly, if I could say anything, it's, I, I wish I would have surrendered as a, you know, as a, as a freshman as opposed to waiting until I was, a, you know, I was a junior, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, um, you know, obviously I can't go back and, and change those things, but I certainly can encourage those who are listening now to, you know, to make that decision, you know, at this point in time rather than to, than to wait it out. So. Well, God has a plan for every life. And, of course, uh, you know, sometimes we don't even really, or we're not really paying a whole lot of attention to the voice of the Lord until we get to a certain point and God just uses certain circumstances to really get our attention. Well, we're going to drop our conversation right there, and we're going to pick this up next week in our next edition. But we want to thank our listeners for being a part of today's podcast. And uh, my guest today is my son, Pastor Pete Folger, who is the pastor of the Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to talk more about uh, that particular element of his life in our next edition. We just wanted you to kind of get a little bit acquainted with him uh, in this opening uh, interview with him in our, our discussion today. So thanks for listening. And... Uh, Here's our announcer to wrap things up. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm-hmm.